It's so simple. And just, and look at me telling you and your 5 million listeners about this. It's just, and that's a digital in a moment, and I'm sure it's very low cost. We do, do need to go back to a bit of our inner child because we get too serious as brands, especially in loyalty programs, you know. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot of data and a lot of science, and, but there's some creativity that's needed now. We need to add more, more creative juices to our programs to give our customers more joy because times are tough. You know. I love it. I think that's such an awesome because it, it, it because it's tangible. It brings joy. You know, you, you celebrate. It's just that's a great simple way of bringing joyalty to a moment. Hi, I'm Ian Pringle. And this is the Loyalty Podcast from New World Loyalty, where we help you make the most of your loyalty strategies by listening to us talk about what we'd like to talk about most, which is loyalty and loyalty programs. In this podcast, as we hurtle towards Christmas, we will explore how joyalty or surprise and delight actions and activities can improve loyalty. To explore this, I'm joined by two guests who have done more than most to raise the profile of surprise and delighting customers. So please, could I welcome the undisputed heavyweight champion of joyalty, Adam Posner. How are you, Adam? <laughs> and in the red corner, it's Adam Posner, <laughs> joyalty. Here we go. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> I thought, I thought a you might introduction. Like- I thought you might like that one. If only I could hold, <laughs> hold your arm in the air while we did it. Yeah, well, um, no one can see the video, I don't think. But yeah, thanks, Ian, for inviting me to. You've made my, my day. I'm Adam Posner. I'm founder and CEO of Point of Loyalty and developer of the Joyalty Program, as well as loyalty programs for brands here in Australia. And look forward to this conversation with you today. Perfect. Thanks, Adam. And the next person is a person and brand the foremost innovation in this space, Simon Tavernier. Hi, Simon. How are you? Hi, uh, I'm in the blue corner, I suppose. So, uh, <laughs> you are. Or the orange corner, Simon. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll dive into that later. So, uh, yeah, my name is Simon. I'm the founder and CEO of Stampix. And uh, Stampix is a photo rewards uh, company. I founded the company in 2016 already. So we've been in the loyalty space for quite a few years and uh, a big fan of the podcast. So uh, great to be here. So to get us started tonight, Adam, do you want to talk about the meaning of joyalty as we approach Christmas, the meaning of Christmas, the meaning of joyalty? You know, what do you mean by that and where did it come from? Do you want to give us a quick, quick talk on that? Yeah, well, it, it, it came from a book I read uh, called Brand Currency. And it was one word hidden in page 87 somewhere, just hidden amongst a whole range of text. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what an amazing word. So I took it and redefined it, Ian. And, and here's the definition, as I call joyalty. It's, it's your customer's feeling of maximum joy and delight from one or a series of moments of magic. I call them moms. So you can think of your mother, moments of magic delivered by your brand. So so that's the definition of joyalty. Yeah, and a lot, what I really like about it is it's it's a small moment. It's, a, it's these moments, right? And it's these moments that don't necessarily cost a lot of money. They don't necessarily need a lot of innovation. They don't necessarily need any tech, any technology at all. Yet they can be delivered and get put that smile on the face. We're all human beings, yeah. It's just that smile on the face. Yeah, absolutely. I call it a smile in the mind. You know, you, you, when you when you experience something, and it, it really comes from the essence of the unexpected, and it's got to be a positive unexpected because we all pretty much go through life in a routine or in a zombie state. So when a brand can do something that you don't expect, that's when your 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 heart rate goes up. And especially if it's a good thing, not a bad thing, 
um, that's when you get that that element of surprise and when you get that that rush in your blood and and the, and the dopamine and all the other things. So it's the unexpected that that's that's the trick. Yeah, exactly. And so so should we get into that? Um, and and Simon, do you want to come in there at all? Yeah, no, it's interesting because after I spoke to uh, to Adam recently, I, I looked it up also in the book, and it's it's indeed a very small paragraph. Um, and there's some great framework works out there uh, that complement uh, what you just said. And and one of them I'd like to share with the audience is um, uh, one point by the the neurobiologist Marcus Meister, and it's called Yum Yuck Meh. I don't know if you've heard of this one. Yes, yeah. Um, but basically, the neural circuitry in our brain um, tries to make shortcuts and puts all our experiences, all our sensory experiences into three buckets. Uh, yum, give me more. Um, yuck, obviously, you want to avoid that uh, in the future. And then uh, the most and the vast majority go in the meh bucket, which uh, basically uh, don't devote any attention and, uh, and energy to that. So uh, the surprise and delight and joyalty are obviously an, an elevated section even in the, in the yum uh, bucket. So, yeah. I love that. Yum, yuck, love mare. That. That's really cool. Very good. Yeah, no, good. And so we get into then some examples. Adam, do you want to start us off on examples of, of ones you've seen? So tangible examples of brands who do this well. Okay, yeah, look, I've got a whole library of them. And I just wanted to, you said, you know, a couple. Well, one that I just had got the other day, which is a digital experience, which is I get my, I do some interviews and, and records like you do. And I get them transcribed by a platform called Sonics. And Every time I buy a bit of time from the, you know, the, the, the platform to, to download my thing and get it translated or get it transcribed, I get this little message on my screen which says, you know, download successful. And there's a little call to action which says click to celebrate. Oh, brilliant. And love that. I love it because I click it and confetti comes all over my screen. And I just was like, oh, my goodness. That's oh, my wow. You know, oh, yum. That's just amazing and so simple. And just and look at me telling you and your five million listeners about this. Uh, it's just and that's a digital in a moment, and I'm sure it's very low cost. Yeah. And um, you know, click to celebrate. Perfect. Really like that. And uh, and Simon, can you give us? You've you've got a lot of experience with these ones. Do you want to, do you want to talk a few of yours? Yeah, sure. So with Stampix, we're we're often paired alongside other rewards, so we we get the benefit to see their conversion rates, their engagement rates as well. Um, but the example that jumped to mind actually comes from a, a conference I was at recently, the Loyalty and Awards in the, the beautiful uh, Rio Janeiro. Oh, that's and, why you've got the tan, Simon. I go, I wonder yeah. where the tan had come from. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed, Copacabana was, uh, was better than a rainy Belgium for sure. And, and one of the brands who uh, also took part in that conference is Alaska Airlines. It's not an, an, an airline that I've ever used, but they shared an example of um, for specific uh, members, VIP members, they would hand over a chocolate and the chocolate would be uh, different for each flight um, linked to local uh, production on the destination. So I think that's a great way to oh, I like that. sort of get a connection with the destination, with the airline. And then, of course, chocolate, as we all know, in the brain also does fantastic things in terms of dopamine and uh, the reward. That's the yum, uh, hey? That's the uh, yum. Exactly. That's the literal yum as well. Another example of that in, in airlines was with Virgin Atlantic. As you board the aircraft, they give you just a little a little um, thing of love hearts. And love hearts are a sweet in the UK that's associated with real childhood, you know, really old school yeah. childhood. Yeah. And again, I love that. It's And, and not all brands can get away with this. Um, but I think in their case, it works really well. It's just that little thing that goes, oh, that's, that's a nice touch. 
But Ian, can I just add to that? Because that's a beautiful thing, what you just said. You said it, it, it relates to childhood, which is memory. And memory is stimulated by joyalty. You see, it's moments of magic that create memory. Lots of M's there, Ian. And, and that's what people talk about. Uh, either they bring back a memory or they stimulate you to, to tell people so that you remember it. Uh, Ian, do you have any examples that you, you've seen? Yes. Yeah, so the one, one I saw recently was, well, in fact, I didn't see it, which is, again, absolutely two of your points there, Adam. My friend just recently bought an electric bike. And uh, Simon, you're from the electric bike world. This, is, this, was, <laughs> um, this was a, a supplier in the, in the Netherlands called Van Moof. And they send you an electric bike and you have to build it. And there's a particularly tricky bit where you have to build the front brakes. And the front brakes and the, the, the charger or whatever that the power source is in, it's really, really tricky bit. And in the instructions, you get once you get this bit, there's a little box you open and you open the box and in there is a party whistle. <laughs> to your point, Adam, a childish, a childish, fun, playful thing. And you blow that party whistle because you've now to say to the customer, we know that was difficult. We know it was tough. You've done it. You're now on the you're now on the you've now done the most difficult bit. I absolutely love that. And to your point, Adam, I wasn't even in the room, but my friend, my friend instantly text messaged me and told me about this thing. You know. I love it. I think that's such an awesome because it, it, it because it's tangible. You got a whistle. It's you can you hear something. It brings joy. You know you, you celebrate. It's just that's a great simple way of bringing joyalty to a moment. To a moment that yes, I've just done something that could have been difficult. Maybe IKEA should put a whistle in every time we finish putting <laughs> our, our our tables <laughs> together. That's a perfect one because because as you said, cost absolutely nothing. This was a this was a thousand pound bike or whatever. I don't know how much they are, Simon. You'll know better than me. But you know, this is a significant investment, and and a party whistle would have been nothing. And I'll give you another example of one that's a terrible idea that didn't work. And this was where I was where I was at Air Miles at the time that then became Avios. And one of our clients believed that the reason why customers were there was a, there was a lag in satisfaction was that customers didn't have enough miles to get a flight. So, you, you know, you, the first flight is something like, I don't know, 9,000 miles at a time. And so they felt that the customers that were on 1,000 miles just aren't getting the benefit. So they had a, a windfall of some miles and they thought, great, I'll use joyalty, I'll use surprise and delight to really delight our customers by sending them enough miles for a flight. Absolute disaster. In the post wash-up looking at the activity, the, the control group performed better than the actual group. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> which is statistically <laughs> difficult and almost loyalty-wise impossible, right? Um, which moved, which showed that there was no impact on future collection or or or. A, and I think, as to your point, Adam, it wasn't fun. It wasn't childish. It was a bit too clever, and it was a genuine. This this was genuine cost too. This was actual real value that was given away, and yet it didn't engage with customers. It didn't do the things you said it was needed yeah. to do. Yeah, no, I, that's two great examples. And, you know, even when something doesn't work, as you've just explained, even that's a learning in itself. And to your, to your point, to the way you gave those examples, maybe it was a bit too dry and not, I love your, your framing of it wasn't childish enough. In, in fact, we do, do need to go back to a bit of our inner child because we get too serious as brands, especially in loyalty programs, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of data and a lot of science, and, but there's some creativity that's needed now. We need to add more more creative juices to our programs to give our customers more joy because times are tough and, you know, a nice little photo from Stampix or whatever it is, you know, some confetti in a box when, the, when my boring brown box arrives at the door 
or a little handwritten notes with, you know, the chocolate. But there is one example that, Ian, I wanted to share with you and, and your listeners, and that's of a brand here in Australia, uh, which is a pet, pet, food, a pet business. And maybe this is very relevant because I believe you have a, a new dog. And they won an award for the best uh, program around what they call wow moments or um, giving back to their customers. Uh, they empowered their team on the phones when a call came in to actually have what I call a budget to wow their customers with. Oh, I love that. So you yeah. empowered your team with a budget to wow your customers. And they had something like, uh, I've just got to get my facts straight. I think they did something like 400 customers with wow moments in a month. So a customer was doing it tough or, you know, maybe the customer's pet died or, you know, they were just feeling, there was just a whole range of reasons. And it was up to the, the, the client, the client uh, customer service to, to give them a wow moment. So you can empower your team with, with loyalty as well. I really like that. That's great. Maybe one last example, uh, Ian, uh, to round off, if that's, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, because I've got a little bit of a cold as well. And uh, so this example is definitely top of mind. It's Kleenex, which we all know, um, the tissue brand. So um, so they apparently, because they're a B2B brand primarily, um, during the winter times, they, they, they go on Facebook and they find people who have caught a cold. They engage with their friends and family and try to deliver them a, a surprise get well box to the door. I think that's oh, also that's so clever. a clever way to get people to start talking about the brand, to to sort of integrate in the, the more personal uh, social networks of, of people and then really surprise them because people were complaining on social about the weather, about their cold. And just a couple of hours later, uh, they would already receive that box, which I think is uh, very fast and a, and a very nice case. It's and do either of you have any, any, any uh, measures on this? Any, any examples of, of how this can change return investment? Has anyone seen any of those? Uh, the, I can't give you specific figures, but I can tell you a couple of ways of measuring loyalty. I mean, they'll be obvious to you as, as loyalty people um, from a strategic point of view. But one brand that I do know that implemented a loyalty strategy to the, the top uh, 100 or 200 customers is they looked at their buying behavior before the loyalty uh, strategy and execution. And then they uh, monitored their life, their value after the after the impact of the loyalty to see what and a huge impact, huge impact because, you know, there's a bit of reciprocity here, you know, oh my God, they just gave me something, I'll continue spending or whatever it is. But that's how they measured it before and then an after. There's number one. Number two is then uh, as, um, you know, Simon's alluded to the social sharing. So, you know, and, and PR, because PR and social sharing is a massive measurement yeah. loyalty it's like you know it's free it's free marketing in a sense um and so you can you can you can attribute dollars to that um and yeah so there are and that's an important question you ask because you do need to measure uh, or set some measures of success with loyalty if you're you know to be practical and prudent and not just give away you know your life to your customers i think a key challenge here is um, to create impact you often need scale and to, wow. to engage a customer, you usually need some dollar value investment. And that's a tough trade-off because um, either you're going to make it very selective, you're going to pick a few winners to go to Disneyland Paris. That's obviously a lot of uh, joy and a joyful experience, but it's just for the lucky few. If you want to make it scalable, uh, then often your dollar value has to go down and, um, and the engagement rate drops again. So that's exactly also where we are with Stampix. And, uh, and the way they measure uh, our products, which is uh, printed photos as a gift 
with a branded message on the reverse, uh, Ian, to your point, um, Orange, for example, measures retention. Uh, so they offer it not to all of their customers, um, but also they, they look at the ones that engage versus that don't. Yeah, and so just looking at retention, but this is a long, um, a long game that you have to play and we've been working with them for over five years, so they can really wow. see the data uh, of this reward. But their primary metrics is do people want it and does it drive long-term brand equity? If it's an experience that like a coffee that goes away, obviously that's less powerful than something that you can stick on your wall that still has a link to the brand somehow. Yeah, longevity, that's really nice. To sum up then, just two pieces of, or a few pieces of advice to people going out on a, on a surprise and delight strategy. So um, I know, Adam, you love a list. So uh, let's start with Simon. <laughs> let's start with Simon and finish him with your list. You can well tick done. him off. We're starting we'll, with Simon. We'll just play Adam list bingo. Okay, so Simon, <laughs> let's see how many we can get before we hand across to Adam. So, Oh, well, want... I thought we only had to, had to give two tips. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, so yeah, one is look at that impact because so many of these um, initiatives uh, really scratch only the surface. So think well about what's the impact I'm going to make. Is it going to be scaled through rewarding many customers or is it scaled through the PR resulting of, many, of, of um, rewarding just a few uh, lucky customers? So that's one thing. And then I think a good practice is to give customer a choice because um, we're not all created equal. And so uh, offering, and I like the number three, so um, giving people three options um, between three different rewards, I think is also a great practice. And what we see is that even if we are one with Stampix, one of the three options, often the total redemption rate is increased because of the value proposition by adding more offers that even our own um, redemption rates are higher than if compared, compared to if we were to be uh, offered alone. So it uh, sounds counterintuitive, but uh, in a way it makes sense as well. And the two I would add to that is to is to celebrate pain points, find and celebrate them, you know, because if you find if you find in in exactly that piece with the with the with the uh, bicycle manufacturer, they knew that was a difficult process. So why don't you just as add, add take the pain off that? Um, and then the 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 example with with air miles is the the opposite of that is don't try and be too clever and don't try and be too too transactional about it because it's not about that. This isn't about that. Um, so then, Adam, how many how many have you done? Can you finish off with your list? Yeah, I've got a list of seven of which you've covered a, a few of them already. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 I have got a. Uh, by the way, I've got I've got this free white paper on loyalty programs, which people can access in. And in it is is a lot more detail on the seven stages and everything. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll put a link to those. that. Can we put a link yeah. to that on the app? Perfect. Yeah, yeah with pleasure. But I, I just love what you just said. I want to add to what you said around. And, and I want to agree with you, not disagree with you, on this one about find pain points and celebrate them. And I express that a little slightly differently, which is with brands, with clients, I, I, I do something called map moments that people expect in the experience. So what are all the, the moments that people actually expect? So expectations. Then ask yourself, are you meeting those expectations? You've got to go through that, you know, are we actually meeting those expectations? If you are, then the next question is, how can we bring the unexpected to those expected moments? So it's kind of like strategically, you first map them all out and then you step back and say, well, we, you know, you first got to be brilliant at the basics, uh, meet the expectations, and then how can we uh, move to unexpected? I, I did like the way you, cel- you said celebrate the pain points. I thought that was really um, smart. But for me, um, the, the number one is, you know, why? Why a loyalty program? is my number one. You know, what are you trying to achieve? I know that it's standard, 
in a, I, I call this a defined structure of planned spontaneity. Planned spontaneity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Planned yeah. spontaneity. You're planning it out, but you are being spontaneous. So you've really got to be clear on, on your why, why you're doing it. Um, I won't go through all seven, but the one that I thought that, that I should should bring out, which is operationalizing and reporting, because you've got to be really careful about the unintended consequences. What about people who then say, why didn't I get one when that person got one? Or whatever that is as well. So you've got to plan the unintended good and bad because you've got to have your customer service people ready and, and the whole operationalization of it could be really thought through well. So that was sort of top and tail. Why? And the last part is operationalizing and reporting success. So in between the one and seven is a few others of which you guys have covered. So those were my two. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Just comes to me to say thank you to our panelists today. So thank you very much, Adam Posner. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you very much, Simon Trevelier. Thanks a lot. Uh, and and a thank happy joyalty season to everybody listening. And uh, yeah, may we have uh, lots of smiles on our faces, Ian and Simon. I couldn't have said it better myself. So if you like the podcast, please like, share or comment on social media using the hashtag The Loyalty Podcast. And we'll look forward to your company again soon. Thank you and uh, goodbye. Thanks. Thanks.